Bonnie Engstrom met Archbishop Fulton Sheen in a way many others have on YouTube. I started watching YouTube videos of old episodes of his television show. Peace be to you. This is Bishop Fulton J. Sheen talking. And this will be the beginning of over 24 hours of talking. I remember some years coming back from... And that was really kind of the the beginning of getting to know Fulton Sheen and, and really, I guess, befriending him, really. Bonnie was pregnant with her third child at the time. And the more videos she watched, the more she wondered if maybe she could name her baby after the dynamic archbishop she saw on the screen. That was really just the beginning, I guess. Once we decided that, you know, if this baby is a boy, we will name him... James Fulton. With that knowledge, I just started praying on a regular basis to Fulton Sheen and asking for his intercession in the life of my child. The pregnancy went smoothly. Bonnie and her husband Travis prepped for a third home birth. Bonnie went into labor. But when the baby was born, he wasn't breathing. He was stillborn. What Bonnie and her midwife didn't know at the time was that there was a knot in the umbilical cord. And when the baby was being born, that knot tightened and tightened and cut off the baby's oxygen supply. They called 911. Bonnie's husband performed an emergency baptism. 20 minutes passed. Paramedics arrived. They rushed the baby to the hospital in the neighboring city of Peoria in Illinois. Another 20 minutes passed. Doctors tried everything they could to get the baby's heart to start beating. They tried for 20 minutes. And that whole time, he did not have a pulse on the heart monitor. I still remember sitting there and in my head repeating Fulton Sheen's name over and over again. You know, Fulton Sheen, Fulton Sheen, Fulton Sheen. Fulton J. Sheen. Which was really just, you know, I think it was just kind of my way of um, relying on this old habit that I had built of asking for Fulton Sheen's intercession and, you know, kind of, I had already placed my son under his patronage. The doctors and nurses stopped working on the baby to declare a time of death. And that was when his heart started to beat again. 61 minutes passed from the time of delivery to the time the baby's heart started to beat. And it was a healthy heartbeat. It never stopped again. does God care for things, even though they be diamonds? For if all the orbits of heaven were as so many jewels, glittering as the sun, what would their external but undisturbed balance mean to him in comparison with a single character which could take hold of the tangled skeins of a seemingly wrecked and ruined life and weave out of them the beautiful tapestry of saintliness and holiness? You've reached the CNA Newsroom. CNA Newsroom. CNA Newsroom. CNA Newsroom. Welcome to CNA Newsroom. You're listening to CNA Newsroom, the podcast that brings you the people behind the headlines. I'm your host and CNA Editor-in-Chief, J.D. Flynn. This week, we're talking about one of the most recognizable American Catholics of the 20th century, Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. 
Earlier this month, Pope Francis approved a miracle attributed to Archbishop Sheen's intercession. That means Archbishop Sheen will be beatified. He'll have the title Blessed. That's only one step away from being named a saint. It's a big deal. The miracle involves the recovery of James Fulton Angstrom, who was born stillborn in 2010. You just heard from his mom, Bonnie. Our producer, Kate Vike brings you more of that story right now. Bonnie followed her baby to the hospital in a second ambulance. She was taken to labor and delivery for monitoring. That's where her husband, Travis, found her and told her that their baby had a heartbeat, a strong heartbeat. And he invited Bonnie to walk with him down to the NICU to visit their newborn son, James Fulton. Bonnie remembers her husband seemed so hopeful. So she assumed their baby James would be fine. But then when I got to the NICU, I could tell that no one else thought he was going to be fine. Bonnie's pastor offered to give James the sacrament of confirmation. I mean, I literally asked them, well, what will he do in seventh grade? <laughs> because I just, I just didn't know what was happening, you know. I understand basic biology. <laughs> so I knew that James didn't have a heartbeat for a really long time, and that's bad. But I just didn't have the, the capability at that time to really process, like, what that meant. James Fulton had been without a heartbeat for 61 minutes. An MRI performed right after his birth showed brain damage. Doctors were considering amputating his leg because of a chemical burn from the ambulance ride. Paramedics had attempted to give James a shot of epinephrine, but it leaked on his leg. You know, if you look at his medical records from the first day of his life, it says necrosis of the tissue on his entire right leg. But in the first 24 hours of James' life, his leg started to heal. And doctors had evidence that his kidney and liver were functioning. And that gave Bonnie and Travis hope that maybe the brain damage wouldn't be so bad after all. There should have been just massive organ failure, you know? But like, if his skin was healing, and if his bladder and his kidneys and his liver were working, and you know, just all of these things, they kept adding up. I will never forget the day we were looking at him and we could tell he wasn't blind because they told us he would probably be blind, but he was like following us with his eyes. I mean, it was just amazing. Doctors continued to warn that James would have a lot of disabilities because of his traumatic birth. But we just kept praying. Bonnie and Travis asked their friends and family to pray the prayer for spiritual favor from Fulton Sheen. I have that prayer memorized because after praying it every day for so long on behalf of James, it kind of became second nature then to pray it for other people as well, to ask for Fulton Sheen to intercede for them. This is Katie Bogner. Katie's close friends with Bonnie and Travis and was at their house the night James was born. And Katie's prayers, Bonnie's prayers, Travis's prayers were heard. When James was three months old, doctors performed a follow-up MRI And the MRI showed that his brain was completely normal. Bonnie's mother insisted she call the Archbishop Fulton Sheen Foundation in Peoria to tell them about James. Bonnie said she knew many of the priests and religious at the foundation and thought they probably hear about miracles all the time. But eventually, Bonnie did make that call. 
this was just like the life I was living and I knew it was amazing, but I had never really considered it from an outsider's perspective. And so when the sisters heard the story and then as they told the director for the Sheen Foundation and different people, the Roman postulator, when he found out about it, they were all like, um, this does not happen. <laughs> so they decided to open a tribunal and investigate the miracle. James was born in 2010, and so it was about around James' first birthday that we started the investigation, and it ran for about three months. This is Monsignor Jason Gray. He's a priest in the Diocese of Peoria, and he led the investigation into the miracle. By that time, we not only had known that James had survived that traumatic incident when he was born, but he had um, lived and developed and was um, developing normally. So it was a, a good time for us to do that investigation. Bonnie and Travis turned over their son's medical records. Then Monsignor Gray and his team began interviewing witnesses. From the midwife at home to the EMTs, to the uh, doctors in the emergency room and in the pediatric ICU. And after hearing their testimonies. There was no doubt that these were events that were really beyond any medical explanation. They also interviewed James' family and the people present at James' birth about their prayers and the invocation of Archbishop Fulton Sheen's intercession. After three months of investigation, Monsignor Gray submitted all of the paperwork to the Vatican. In 2014, medical experts and theological advisors to the Congregation for the Causes of Saints unanimously approved the miracle. And then, on July 6, 2019, Pope Francis approved the miracle, paving the way for Archbishop Fulton Sheen's beatification. James, who's eight years old now, wasn't even home when the news broke on July 6. He was on a fishing trip with his grandparents. But when we did tell him, what we said was, Pope Francis knows who you are. <laughs> and, I mean, he just had the cutest, most sheepish little smile. I mean, because, again, like, how do you even process that? It's so crazy. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Friends, listeners, Twitter fans of Carl Bonderson, this is Carl's best work friend, Peter Zalasko. I'm the social media manager and arbiter of all food arguments at CNA. What can I say? My opinions on food are always correct. If you enjoy CNA Newsroom in your car, during lunch, or on the run, be sure and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And then force your friends to do it as well. Seriously, come on, invite them. Subscribing is easy and free on any podcast app like Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and more. Just open the podcast app on your phone, then search for CNA Newsroom. Click on the subscribe button. That way, you'll get our podcasts as soon as we post them. Now, back to the show. And I'm going to go have some pie. Welcome back, everybody, to CNA Newsroom, the podcast that brings you the people behind the headlines. I'm still your host, J.D. Flynn. We spent the first part of this episode talking about the miracle that will lead to the beatification of Archbishop Fulton Sheen. And now, in our second half, we're going to tell you more about Archbishop Sheen himself, where he's from, what he did, and why he's a pretty big deal. Our producer, Jonah McKeown, will take it from here. Archbishop Fulton Sheen is an unusual candidate for sainthood in one sense, because he's so incredibly accessible, even today. Like Bonnie from the last segment, many Catholics even today will listen to his homilies and programs on EWTN or on YouTube. Man who's free to love is free to hate. 
he who is free to obey is free to rebel. Virtue in this concrete order is possible only in those spheres in which it is possible to be vicious. A man can be a saint only in a church in which it is possible to be a devil. You say, well, if I Every media at his disposal during his lifetime, he used it. So whether it was newspaper articles or writing books, first a radio show and then a television show, you know, they always joked like, if well, Fulton Sheen was here now, he'd be on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. This is Katie again. You can Google him and, and you can watch him on YouTube and you can listen to him in podcast form. You can read one of his 66 books on any topic about Catholicism you could want. So that's the thing about him is that it's not just reading an article that someone else has written. You can listen to his own voice talking about what he believed about Christ in his church. Um, and you also, because he was such a good teacher, you can pick any topic you may be curious about or wanting to learn more about, and you can you can read about that and learn about it from him, which is such a gift, I think. During his lifetime, Archbishop Sheen published dozens of books, hosted a weekly radio show, then a television show, and then yet another television show. He won an Emmy for Most Outstanding Television Personality, and he was once featured on the cover of Time magazine. One time, he was even on a game show called What's My Line, where he appeared as a mystery guest and blindfolded contestants had to figure out who he was. Are you seen weekly on television? We. Weekly on television and non-profit? <laughs> You got a crazy sponsor. (laughs) Could you be? Is it possible that you are a religious man? That's the only nonprofit on television. J'espère. Oh, you are. I know who you are. Bennett, you know who it is. Bishop Sheen, isn't it? Bishop Sheen. He was perhaps best known for his television broadcast, Life is Worth Living. The show ran for six years in the 1950s, every Tuesday evening. And it was this show that earned him the Emmy Award. No one is born an atheist. As no one is born a skeptic. That is to say, uh, one who doubts the possibility of ever discovering truth. These attitudes are made, and they are made less by the way one thinks than by the way one lives. If we do not live as we think, we soon begin to think as we live. We suit our philosophy to our actions. That is bad. Archbishop Sheen would speak directly to the camera about moral issues of the day, often using a chalkboard to illustrate his points. You see, really, it is not man who is on the quest of God. It is God that's on the quest of man. He leaves us restless. The first question we have in the scripture is, man, where art thou? Fulton Sheen was born in May of 1885 in El Paso, Illinois, but he and his family moved to the neighboring city of Peoria when he was four, so Peoria was home for him. He was originally named Peter John Sheen, But over the years, he began to be known by Fulton, which was his mother's maiden name. He was raised in a Catholic family. He was an altar server at Peoria's St. Mary's Cathedral. Years later, in 1919, 
He was ordained a priest in that same cathedral at the age of 24. Life after ordination got pretty busy. He spent some years in Belgium earning a doctorate in philosophy in 1923. That same year, he became the first American in history to receive the prestigious Cardinal Mercier Prize for International Philosophy. Soon after, Sheen returned to the United States, settling in Washington, D.C. He taught philosophy and theology for a number of years at the Catholic University of America. It was also during this time, in 1930, that Sheen made his first segue into media, launching a weekly Sunday evening radio program called The Catholic Hour. At its peak, The Catholic Hour reportedly had an audience of 4 million people every week. The Catholic Hour ran for 20 years until Sheen's appointment to be an auxiliary bishop of the Archdiocese of New York. With the change in scenery came an exploration of a new medium, this time, television. In 1951, the same year he was installed as an auxiliary bishop, Sheen launched his television show, Life is Worth Living. The show reportedly had as many as 30 million weekly viewers. Life is Worth Living went off the air in 1957. Nearly 10 years later, Sheen was appointed Bishop of Rochester in upstate New York. And there he launched a new show called The Fulton Sheen Program, with a very similar format to Life is Worth Living. He served as Bishop of Rochester for three years before resigning and taking a titular appointment, Archbishop of the Titular See of Newport, Wales, so that he could have the flexibility to continue preaching. He died in 1979 at the age of 84, just months after being embraced by Pope John Paul II, who praised Sheen for his work. He was buried at St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York. The Diocese of Peoria opened Archbishop Sheen's cause for sainthood in 2002, 23 years after his death. In 2012, Benedict XVI recognized his life of heroic virtue, landing Archbishop Sheen the title of Venerable. For Katie, who teaches at a Catholic school in Peoria, the advancement of Archbishop Sheen's cause for sainthood was an incredibly exciting time in her town and in her classroom. So like at a couple of points, actually, when we got the news in the middle of the school day, the principal would have me come down and announce over the PA system, like what had just happened. And you could just hear the whole school cheer. It was really exciting. Her students followed Archbishop Sheen's cause closely. She actually developed an entire curriculum about Archbishop Sheen to teach a younger generation about the Archbishop who is considered a hometown hero of sorts in Peoria. You can find a link to that curriculum in our show notes. Archbishop Sheen's sainthood cause was suspended in 2014 due to a legal battle over his burial place. Sheen's closest living relative, his niece Joan Sheen Cunningham, decided that her uncle would have preferred to be buried in his hometown of Peoria if he had known he was being considered for sainthood. So she filed a petition with the state of New York. Requesting to transfer the remains of her uncle Fulton Sheen to Peoria. This is another Monsignor, Monsignor James Cruz, Vicar General of the Diocese of Peoria, who's intimately familiar with the details. We were given indication that in this particular case, due to its high profile and, and what have you, that, that the Vatican preferred that the civil litigation get resolved uh, for the clause to move forward. And the New York cemetery trustees, uh, led by Cardinal Dolan, uh, had blocked that petition in various ways in the court 
and that became the long protracted legal uh, litigation over three years' time. Despite the Archdiocese of New York's protracted and costly efforts to hang on to Sheen's remains, time and again the court sided with the Peoria Diocese and Joan Sheen Cunningham. In the early hours of June 27th this year, his remains were transferred from the Archdiocese of New York to the Diocese of Peoria. The transfer itself wasn't publicized, but Bishop Jenke of Peoria and many others showed up to welcome Sheen as he arrived home. There's a little something in our human nature that uh, is attracted to the macabre and the, the um, death and remains and things like that. So I think that the, the church is very wise that the transfer was to be done without solemnity. And so what that meant was there was not to be any uh, big public showing. There was not to be any uh, um, uh, substantial liturgical event. And likewise, in some ways, it's a way that the church draws a line between, let's say, a, a regular deceased person versus one who has been declared beatified. Because Shane has not been actually beatified yet, his transfer should be similar to anyone else then, which is generally done without great solemnity. Just weeks after the transfer, Pope Francis officially approved the miracle we talked about in the previous segment. I think that the type of miracle that God has chosen to use through the intercession of Fulton Sheen is extremely important because it involves the the bringing back to life the the uh, the little baby that was born without any vital signs, and I think that especially in the bigger picture of how the issue of abortion is so front and center within our nation today, that we have this miracle through Sheen that is underscoring the importance of life, the value of life. There is tremendous excitement among the faithful and the clergy in the Diocese of Peoria that it finally we're right at the threshold for the declaration of beatification and the, the uh, celebration to take place. Uh, there is just such joy that one of our own priests, Fulton Sheen, has, has uh, returned to Peoria, that he's entombed in the cathedral where he was served Mass as a little boy and where he was ordained a priest. A date for the beatification has not yet been set, but it'll take place in Peoria since Archbishop Sheen's cause has been promoted by that diocese. Monsignor Gray said Pope Francis will be the one responsible for setting the date for beatification. The diocese is hoping for some time this fall. Bonnie and her family plan on attending the beatification, but Bonnie said the day will be not so much about Archbishop Sheen or even her son and his miraculous birth. In the end, the story of this miracle is amazing, but this is not about James. This is not about me. This is not even about Fulton Sheen. This is about Jesus Christ. And I just, I want people, when they hear this, I want I want you guys, people who are listening to me, to know that Jesus loves you so much and that Christ has conquered death and that he did these things for you out of his love for you. For CNA Newsroom, I'm Jonah McKeown.
That is our podcast for this week. Thanks for listening. Guys, just kind of a housekeeping announcement. We are making some changes at CNA Newsroom. As regular listeners know, we kind of have two kinds of episodes. We have our regular CNA Newsroom episodes, and then we have our bonus episodes where I'm joined by CNA's other editors and we talk about the news of the week. And we've realized that those episodes are just really of just a different podcast. And so we're going to have kind of a split. We're going to um, keep CNA Newsroom, the podcast that you know and love, and keep producing it each week. We're also going to be introducing a new podcast that we call CNA Editor's Desk. And um, that'll be a podcast where you're at the desk with the editors of CNA talking about the news, just like our bonus episodes now. But it'll have a totally separate feed. So in just a couple of weeks, we're going to let you know how you can keep subscribing to CNA Newsroom and subscribe to Editor's Desk. I don't want to tell people how to do it now because we're not set up for it yet. But get ready for it. Thanks again for listening. In the words of Archbishop Fulton Sheen, life is worth living. CNA Newsroom is a production of Catholic News Agency, a service of EWTN News. I'm your host, J.D. Flynn. We're produced and edited by Kate Vike and Jonah McKeown. Our executive producer is Kate Vike. Special thanks this week to everyone who talked to us about Archbishop Sheen and the miracle attributed to his intercession. And special thanks also this week to Jonah McKeown, who is kind of pulling double duty with Kate Vike on vacation. We'll see you guys next week. 